We are working through the book of John, and this is the section we're in today. And our scriptures I'm reading from are the New King James Version. This is the Gospel of John, chapter 12, beginning at verse 28. Jesus is speaking. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say, The Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I have a good friend, and he and I have conversations about life and events that happen in it. We have a phrase that he taught me that I really like, and the phrase is, that happened. So whenever we're discussing something or an event that's happened in our life, as soon as we realize we don't have anything else to say and we're ready to transition to something else, we say, well, and that happened. And then we go on to the next thing. In the uh, way that our text is set up today, the that happened, where something actually did happen, is present for us. In verses 28 through 30, at the very beginning of this, it says, A voice thundered from heaven. And Jesus had said, in that first verse I read, Father, glorify your name. A voice came from heaven, it says, and God spoke, saying, I both glorified it, will glorify it again. The people who stood by thought it thundered. Some did. And then Jesus said, this voice didn't come because of me, but for you. That happened. It actually happened. It wasn't a myth. It wasn't something that could have happened. It might have happened. It did. Jesus knew the voice that some thought sounded like thunder. See, the voice didn't come to honor Jesus. Jesus said very clearly, it came for your sake. The people who were listening. The people who listened. The voice of God is knowable and hearable. In verse 31, Jesus said something, and I want to point this out to you. It says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now this judgment, we might think of judgment day and things like that when we hear that, but I want to pull your attention to John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, where Jesus talks about that judgment and what it really means. Because if you go a different route with that verse, and you um, talk about you know, feeling judged and condemned, you're going to miss it. Here's what he says in those verses. He says, When the Holy Spirit has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in Me. Of righteousness because I go to My Father and you see Me no more. Of judgment, here it is, because the ruler of this world is judged. You see... We just read in the uh, verse where it says that judgment 
of this world has now come, it's the ruler of this world that's judged. Not you and I. The judgment of Satan, the snake, (laughs) the wicked adversary, has been judged and found wanting. Our judgment doesn't happen until, you know, end times days. But a lot of folks want to take judgment and say, well, I'm under judgment. But you're not. You may be under conviction. But the judgment that has happened now is that the ruler of this world has been judged and found wanting and cast out. And we've talked about that last Sunday a little, and we'll say a little bit more about that in a few minutes. In verse 34, the people asked Jesus a question. They said, We've heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. Now they're referring to one of two things, either Micah chapter 4, verse 7, which says, I will make the lame a, perm- a remnant and the outcast a strong nation, so the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on, even forever. So that forever, that where, is where they may have got it from. But more than likely, what most people say is that's from the oral tradition and the priestly interpretation about a Messiah that is not scriptural. So when they say, our law says that the Christ remains forever, and then how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Because they understand, as you can see from that verse, and what they're saying, that they understand Jesus is going to die. They understand that that's what he's saying. And so they said, how can that be that the Son of Man must die if you're the Messiah and you're supposed to be forever? How's that possible? And what Jesus could have said is, you're not reading things correctly, people are misinforming you. But he doesn't say that at all. And what they also said is this question. And it's a good question. Who is this Son of Man? Who is He? And I don't think they were asking that, like, what person is the Son of Man? What does the Son of Man look like? What does He do? I think He was more looking like they didn't know what to make of Jesus. Who are you? Who is this Son of Man that you are? What are you all about? We don't understand because you're supposed to be here forever, but you're saying you're not, and you're saying you're the Messiah, but we don't think that's so. And so they're very concerned. And they also have no point of reference to what Jesus is talking about, because if they understood what Jesus was talking about, they would have embraced what He said is true. Instead, they're trying to figure it out with their own intellect. But Jesus speaks everything He said from what He knows, from a point of reference they don't have. Jesus has a view of Scripture and history like no one else ever had. He also knew how things were supposed to turn out because He came to do something specific, and that was to give His life as a ransom for many. But that is a good question to consider for us today. Who is this Son of Man? Who is this Jesus? What's He all about? When they ask it, I believe they're seekers. They, I think they really want to know who Jesus is. I think they really want to know, but they're not sure and they're pondering what He's saying and they're trying to find out the truth. Just who is Jesus? Because they don't understand and every message they have conflicts with what He is telling them because their awareness and understanding did not come from God or Scripture but from what people told them, what the priests in the temple said. But let me tell you something. I want to tell you who Jesus was, all right? Jesus was a visionary. 
Now, I don't mean a visionary like someone who wants to build us out something great and one day it'll be like this if we all work together. Um, Jesus didn't have a dream like that to build it out. Jesus saw and knew the end of the story. That's what I mean by visionary. He knew how everything was going to turn out in history. He didn't have a vision like, well, maybe, or if we work together. Jesus knew that what God said was going to happen was going to happen. And he saw it. And he was trying to tell people how that all fit together. (laughs) You see, he spoke of things that he had knowledge of. He would talk about the end times in Matthew and in Luke and all those different things that would happen in the future. Not like maybe. He would tell them exactly what was going to happen and different parts of history that he brought into play. He said, this is why this happened. That's why that happened. This is how this is going to happen. Because it wasn't a place of possibly. It was a place of complete assurance of what he said was accurate. Because he knew. You see, he saw fulfillment of what he was doing and how it was all going to unfold. Now, that's kind of unnerving for some because some who heard that didn't realize that Jesus knew when he would be, that they would betray him, that they would leave. Especially when a few of the disciples, actually all of them a little later on, said, we will never leave you. We will always stick by. We will go to death for you. They all said that and Jesus knew different. When he said that, when they said that, excuse me, and he heard that, he knew within, he said, it's not true. The, the, the scripture says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And so he knew they would scatter because they were his sheep. And so when they talked, he would say, you guys just don't get this. But he couldn't really explain it to them because they didn't have awareness of how things were going to turn out. Now, he made statements like this. I will draw all men unto me. I am the light of the world. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. You will find rest for your souls if you take my yoke. Any other verses you'll see where he says things like that. And you wonder, how do you know these were true? How did he know? How did he know if he was lifted up, he would all people would be drawn unto him? It, it almost sounds like, futuristic thinking of a possibility, but he's not saying it's possible. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. My father's written it. It's going to happen. And, and you all just keep missing it. And they keep thinking, well, how do you know? You know, are you really, if you're going to die, how are you going to do that? You know, you're supposed to be here for, and they don't hear him. And they keep missing a core truth about Jesus. His words can often seem presumptuous if you think about it from the way they heard them. You have the qualification to give rest to my soul. You, you think you have that. What makes you so sure? Those kind of questions, you know, those kind of doubts even raise up in some of our minds. How did Jesus know his words were true? That's the question that we have to resolve. Jesus said very clearly, I am the answer your life is looking for. Now, if I were to come alongside you one day and say, hey, I got all your answers. You'd look to me like, well, who do you think you are? Jesus? (laughs) That's what you would say. Or who do you think you are? Some sort of God? But Jesus was saying that. 
But anybody else in your life that would say that, you would think they're out of their mind or have a little bit of insanity inside of them. But who can claim that? Who can claim they have all the answers you'll ever need to give you rest and peace and calmness in heart and mind and soul? Who would say that? Who can claim that? Who would? Unless Jesus knew something and knows something that both you and I don't know. He couldn't claim it, but what if He does? Hmm. But what might that be that He knows that we miss out on and don't understand? And I want to share with you, it's really quite simple, yet profound. Jesus is on our side. This is the most important thing you need to remember when you hear anything Jesus says He's on your side. He's for you. He's not against you. He loves you. He cherishes you. He's fighting for you to understand and to come alongside Him. That He will lead you and be gentle. Throughout the Bible, I hear Jesus saying this. Now, I'm going to share with you what I believe Jesus says to each one of us today. Because I believe what He says is transformative. Hear these words, if you will, from the voice of Christ. Come on. You can do it. You can get this. Don't resist. Lean into the truth you are fighting. Why do you resist? Do you not know who I am? I've shown you signs. They happened. Thunder from my Father. For you. To trust what I am saying and who I am. Yet, I know each of you will reject me and turn away. This is why I've come. To show you how the snake has taken over your life so you can't even see the one who made you created you, planned for you, loved you. You are so protective of the lie and resistant of my truth. But I knew you would be. You had to turn away to the darkness to see your depravity without me. Otherwise, you wouldn't have believed I am light. I know you inside and out, not to condemn, but to rebuild you and to remake you brand new. I am giving you a new birth and new life. Don't you see? How can you know I'm fighting for you even when you resist me? How can you know that? Because I will not force you to love me or believe me. Rather, I will make a way for you to come without fear of rejection or shame. And the only way that is possible is for me to remove sin's power over you. I am casting out the one who keeps you in its grasp. You don't know this, but I do. I'm telling you ahead of time so you know I saw it happening to you. When that day comes, and it will soon, you will know I have the power of sin and death. On that day, in that moment, You will know without hesitation or doubt what I've been saying all along. What I do, I do for you. How many of us need to hear that? 
and believe that he is for us. On our side, with us, guiding us, and moving us into a place of hope. I, for one, needed that today. When those words came to my heart, I needed to hear Jesus say that. I'd forgotten, reading through the scriptures, he's for me. And he really is. He's for me. He's for you. He's on our side. And the people who couldn't receive what he said were the ones who wouldn't grasp that truth. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for loving us the way we need to. And what all Jesus did, that happened. He did give his life. He did get lifted up. And he is drawing all people unto him. He has done it. You've blessed him. You've announced your pleasure with your son for us. Not so he would hear it. He already knew that you were pleased with him. But we needed to know that he was your son, your beloved, and that you would tell us because sometimes we need confirmation of what he says. And so, Heavenly Father, any miracle, joy, or peace in our lives that comes along, I ask that we'd receive that as from you, for us, to remind us of who you are. I pray this in your precious and holy name. Amen. And this morning, I ask you to consider and think about those words that Jesus' heart says to you. He really loves you. He really is fighting for you. He wants you to come alongside and trust, to believe, to embrace him as he embraces you. He wants you to know that he wants to lead you and guide you in ways that you know how to receive. He's not forcing anything on you. He's loving you. Now, he does have high standards, but he fulfilled them for you and will help you live them out. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm at jrtstudio at yahoo.com. We can share a conversation and more information about this. Those words that Jesus said, I typed up. I can send those to you so you can have a copy of those. And the last thing I want to share with you is next week when we get together, we're going to talk about how we live this out with Jesus. And that piece of the puzzle is really important. So come back next Sunday here online and in person, weather permitting. God bless you and may God give you peace and hope and joy as you draw near to him. And he will draw near to you. Amen.